Hi, this is Janesh. And this is Pranab. You're tuned in to the 30 Minute Hustle podcast. Thirty Minute Hustle is a community of performers with a story to tell. We believe that each individual has a distinct path towards achieving their goals and are obsessed to learn about their process. As a platform to bridge the gap between knowledge creators and seekers, we hope the journey will inspire you to accelerate your growth. Welcome to the network of knowledge, mindset, and practice. As a girl uh, uh, or a woman, uh, be it in school or college, I think one thing that I've realized is um, it is only a person who is very weak who becomes a target. There's also a lot of power plays. Not studies have shown that it is not uh, the predators are not there uh, with the intention of sexually harassing someone, but it is also about displaying the power. So I always have this example: uh, 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 an, an eagle goes and always attacks a weak mouse, right? But at the same time, when the mouse starts roaring like a lion, the eagle will not be able to come and attack, right? So that is an example that I always give, saying that hey, as women, as young girls, I think, uh, do not be that weak. Do not uh, be silent. Speak up. See, you don't have to always shout or anything like. Even give a stern stare. What are you doing? It right? So I think that thing or do that body language. See, what are you doing? Where are you looking at? Has something fallen here? So the way you can my sense. small subtle thing being that strong person people the predator knows that they cannot mess up with it they look for uh, weak uh, targets which are also called as good targets uh, so they don't mess up with strong targets strong targets people pick up against bad targets and that's very very important so you're not always going and complaining or anything but you have to stand up for yourself hey everyone we've been missing for a minute but we're back with a bang with our next guest here viji hari Vijay is a speaker, consultant, author and an entrepreneur. She is the founder of Securus and has authored the book Behind Closed Cubicles. Vijay specializes in preventing sexual harassment and in creating diverse and inclusive workplaces and has about 20 plus years of experience uh, working with MNCs both in India and abroad. Me and my guest host uh, Arjun had a very insightful conversation about how she started her company uh how she was one of the first people to uh work completely remotely uh while starting off her company and also talks about her journey through these years and what she has learned and i think you're going to really enjoy this conversation and how she breaks all our unconscious biases too So Viji uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about your own business journey Uh lovely so uh, I'm a first time entrepreneur and uh, uh, with a complete uh, transformation from being a software engineer into the business space and that too in the HR space so uh, I started my career with Infosys as a software engineer uh, did all sorts of coding in all sorts of language grew up as a project manager senior project manager growth was great the learning was amazing there uh, but in 2013 uh, beyond a point of for me there was a stagnation uh, where i felt that i was not learning that much more and the growth was stagnant there so but of course infosys had set that strong foundation of process the learnability and that is a big strength 
so I wanted to explore the outside world. Uh, and and also at that time, uh, it was for me, my kids were uh, uh, growing up, they were young, uh, they needed me, my uh, family required the support. So and this long strenuous work and this is not really helping my family. So I had to take a break from there. Uh, but uh, knowing my strengths and being a workaholic, I couldn't just sit idle at home. So I had to do something from being at home. And that is when I said, hey, what can I do? And exactly uh, then uh, 2013 is when the uh, POSH Act, the Prevention of Sexual Harassment Act in India uh, had uh, come out, the bill was passed. And uh, this is something very close to my heart. So uh, I uh, really got onto that. I said, hey, even as part of Institute, I've been uh, part of the Women uh, Network Group and uh, working on this particular topic. So I said, hey, I'm so passionate about it and I have gone through a lot of uh, such experiences. Why don't I go and share about this? And uh, that's when I realized that, that that's where my passion lied and uh, that's how my entrepreneurial journey started off. And uh, from 2013 onwards, uh, we've been working in the space of uh, preventing sexual harassment uh, and creating diverse and inclusive workspaces as well. So uh, that is uh, where I've been progressing. And the latest uh, uh, offering that we've launched is on the employee wellness in terms of counseling and mental uh, well-being of employees. Uh, the reason being all of them are linked to employee uh, safety. And that's something that uh, I was very passionate about with the vision of creating secure and harmonious workplace where uh, employees can work free of any form of discrimination or stress and resulting in happy and productive workplaces. So that was the vision with which uh, I started off and uh, have been working with uh, clients across India, people, uh, some of the uh, clients are based in uh, Sri Lanka, Thailand, uh, uh, Singapore, US. Uh, so that's how I've grown. Awesome. It's a very interesting journey, Vijay. Um, can you tell us a little bit, you know, uh, about what your current venture is and what you guys do and, and probably a little bit about how this operates within your organization? How many people you have? How do these things, how do the nuts and bolts work? Okay, so uh, uh, yeah, so uh, currently my team is uh, 12 uh, full-time employees and I have uh, worked extensively with freelancers. So I am a strong believer in utilizing uh, freelance skill skills uh, from across any location or across uh, breaking all the demographics. So that is something that really helped me because what I've realized is um, uh, when I had to quit my a job because I had the commitment where I had to take care of the responsibility of taking care of my family, but the passion of doing something, contributing something. There were so many people like me who couldn't step out of their home, but the passion and ambition was there. So I went about picking up all uh, women who had taken uh, career breaks and that was an amazing talent pool spread across India. So I realized that offices were not really required uh, and uh, most of the time I had to spend my time at client places. So my presence also was not there in the office. I started off with an office space in Tinagar in Chennai, but uh, I couldn't go there regularly. So I realized that probably that's not really working out and people can work remotely. And that was very productive. And so uh, early on in 2014-15 uh, itself, we had started this work from home and that has been a success model ever since. 
So uh, you uh, actually now that we're in this phase of pandemic and everyone's actually shifting their mindsets towards working from home. Um, how did you sort of when you started off in twenty fifteen? People would have been like, "No, this is not going to work." How did you start? You know, breaking those barriers. I think that would have been one of the biggest challenges at the moment. If I see when you started off in twenty fifteen. Lovely. Yeah. So uh, one is uh, yes, uh, talented professionals. They said, "Hey, do we have an office to work from? Or do we work from home? What are people at home think?" So that was something uh, a bit challenge. So that is when I started looking for hiring more uh, women who had taken the career break because for them that was what they wanted. And the variation was that if at all client requirements or meetings are there, you have to step out once in a week. At least you have to step out to meet them. And that they were okay to go and do it between nine to four when the kids are in school, right? So people were able to manage that and uh, work that out. And the only challenge that I faced was when the clients would ask, "Hey, where the office?" Right? Uh, so there we had to, for some depending on the client, some were open to the concept, and we could say that, "Hey, we are all working from home." But in some cases, we had to say that, "Hey, the registered office is in Chennai. Uh, it's in Palavakam." So just give the uh, My resume, my office registered address as well. So I mentioned that. So that is something initially that and now we have completely overcome that. And uh, in the last two years, so uh, earlier uh, meetings and going to client places. So even if I had to meet one client in Delhi, I had to get up early in the morning, catch the five a.m. flight, uh, go meet them. And uh, for that one client, I had to one hour meeting. I had to go all the way there and come back the same night because my kids were there at home. so i had to take care of them so i had to do that but now in one particular day i can talk to a client in us talk to a client in delhi i think that is an so in fact this pandemic has been a boon to me uh, where it has helped me reduce the travel space nice yeah so quite incredible which is i mean it was really interesting to hear that you know you got in a lot of people who were at similar work breaks uh, and then you were able to get them into your uh, you know organization and uh, they work as freelancers or how do you go about you know having them with the right kind of skill set uh, and 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 you know how do they adapt to the kind of uh, demands of your uh, organization okay so uh, some of them are full time employees and some of them are uh, part time they have to work as at least uh, and uh, uh, skills is like uh, there's no compromise in terms of skill set and uh, and i was pretty much flexible saying hey i don't look at uh, your attendance or time sheet as long as you're meeting the deadlines Uh, whatever task that has been given to you, as long as you are meeting your goals, I'm absolutely fine with that. So uh, there are some times where uh, women they stay back late in the night, uh, the employees and or they catch up the work on the weekends. So I'm absolutely fine with that. So that flexibility was there uh, to get things done. So uh, apart from that, uh, the other model that I opted was uh, uh, to deliver things where I needed the experts of. Uh, Because I had to in my workspace, I had to work with counselors, I had to work with lawyers, I had to work with NGOs. Uh, so and uh, my clients were spread across all over uh, smaller cities, smaller towns. Um, some were present in uh, Vadodara uh, or Bhopal. Uh, so uh, so these were small towns. So I had to source people uh, locally, uh, freelancers, professionals, experts who were there locally. So there I used to engage with them. So I had empaneled a pool of freelancers, uh, trained them up. specifically because i had i had to ensure the quality so we gave them our content trained them at in our methodology and that's how we went about them so 
uh, another uh, set of uh, 20 25 plus uh, freelancers across india and because people had to speak different languages to cater to go and deliver to manufacturing uh, units and talk in uh, the uh, vernacular language so uh, that was the other model which beautifully worked so a couple of things there so what i realized was uh, my uh, operational cost is very low because i didn't have any uh, physical spaces that i had to cater to people were working from home and 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 the other condition is they had to bring their own devices as well so i didn't have to invest on the devices as well so uh, that is another thing and the freelancers it was on need basis if at all there was a, a, a training there i would use their skills so just that they had to sign my contract and for that i was paying them so when the pandemic had hit uh, what i realized was a lot of people were struggling a lot of startups and entrepreneurs were struggling with their uh, cost in terms of uh, rental uh, for their uh, office space or paying salaries so uh, luckily the model that i had opted long time ago uh, was a blessing in disguise where there was not any impact at all in terms of uh, the uh, cost or the expenses that uh, was there i think it takes a lot of a uh, lot of sort of strength and and uh, vision at least a little early, to be a little earlier than your time to to do that um, so let's jump into what uh, securus does um, you i think what you what the three th- main things that securus does is um, what i understood you, i may be wrong you can correct me is uh, to prevent sexual harassment at the workplace uh, make sure that you have uh, or create a workplace that that is diverse and inclusive and you also work on employee assistance program so do you want to talk about uh, each of those three uh, uh, things that you do at securus yeah, as i said uh, uh, very clearly uh, the passion uh, was to create a secure and harmonious workplace and uh, we started off with uh, preventing sexual harassment that was the core thing uh, uh, when i started off and uh, slowly i realized that uh, gender sensitization also was something that was very important a lot of discrimination was happening um, especially when i uh, went and met a lot of uh, managers or blue uh, 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 collared employees in a lot of factories uh, what i realized was still that mindset that hey why should we hire women okay they are the ones who are causing these uh, issues uh what if they raise a false complaint no no we don't want to deal with it so let's not hire them so i think it it required a whole different mindset change so uh that is when i realized gender diversity is something that i have to focus on as well so uh i slowly got in there in order to change the my shift the mindset from there and uh, that the passion in diversity picked up in me i did my uh course on uh, uh with insiad as well a distance learning course uh, from insiad singapore and that was an amazing brilliant eye opener for me and uh, that was the theme all the passion with which i can uh, I, i work i mean the, the the benefits that organization get not just about uh, from employees perspective but in terms of their whole uh, the uh, returns that they get the profits the productivity and the innovation factor so that kind of uh, the passion if i'll talk about more examples on the diverse trend as well and uh, the other thing is on the employee wellness uh, what i realized was again when we were dealing with some of the complaints uh, while handling sexual harassment cases or uh, from discrimination there was a lot of trauma mental trauma that people were going through in terms of not just the victim but also the harasser so uh, sometimes they required uh, counseling and uh, where i was going and hunting and looking out for counselors to come in and provide and i realized he was again something that's integral part where 
uh, uh, employee needs and that's when i started learning my journey in the uh, counseling space also became where i became very passionate so in fact next month i signed up myself to do an international course again on uh, psychology as well so uh, and learnability is something that's my passion so i think picking up things and learning new stuff is actually uh, help me get on with these things and the core is to ensure that uh, employees feel secure and safe uh, when they feel safe and secure they bring their best to the work and the organization benefit out of that so that is how these three uh, offerings in terms of preventing sexual harassment diversity inclusion and the employee wellbeing comes in place i hope to be very diverse and inclusive in my thinking but i'm sure i have some sort of an unconscious bias so what would you say some of the basic unconscious biases that all of us have in our society in india at least see uh, see unconscious bias is nothing but it's just a muscle memory uh, uh based on your upbringing the conditioning the kind of education that you have see all these thought processes is the one that sets the biases right so it requires a lot of learning and unlearning and uh, bias is not always bad there it's also important because that has helped us to survive the ages uh, when the caveman uh, saw fire he knew that it is hot he cannot touch it and when, and uh, he knew that when he sees a lion he has to run right when he sees a sheep he can rear them so it helped because all these things are formed you acquire these things but not all uh, learnings are uh, right so simple things like sometimes when we uh, meet people uh, uh, or friends we start talking in our uh, um, lo- lo- local language right uh, but uh, we should be very very cognizant that he probably is there someone in the audience uh, where there someone does not understand uh, tamil so or they don't understand so we speak in english so i think being those sensitive about the small small things i think that is very very important and uh, bias is a vast topic um, it varies especially as entrepreneurs something that we need to watch out for uh, right from the time of hiring what are the different biases that can occur at the time of uh, recruiting people what are the biases that can occur at the time of performance management so different life cycle stages look have different things what is the first impression so the beauty bias right there could be a gender bias right there could be uh, uh, the uh, like mindedness bias right uh, like me bias right so someone like especially at the time of hiring uh, oh this person is from my own college uh, okay so probably they're thinking is going to be like me so i will feel comfortable working with this person so let me hire them right so that is the kind of immediate bias so i think but the point is see and is nothing wrong it's probably that's how we have been conditioned it is safe for playing safer than to take a risk a uh, known devil is better than an unknown uh, thing right so just, so um, that is what we go with but the point that we should all remember is by uh, overcoming our bias we tend to hire diverse people because what we are doing is certain biases uh, we tend to cut out uh, uh, because if you look at profiles we say that we oh women or oh, just married uh, so let me not hire probably should go on maternity leave so let me not hire uh, oh this person from same college oh let me hire also if he's from from a better background then maybe he, he'll be better suited for this or or yeah right yeah. so you no know, the school they studied the in the college they went exactly. to yeah correct correct so i think all those things uh, definitely impact uh, so uh, uh, but what happens is when you start hiring people of similar background you get people who think the same 
right and as a ceo or as an entrepreneur or as mm. a, a, a business head you don't want like minded people when a problem is there on the table you want uh, 100 solutions come you don't want similar kind of solutions because like minded people bring the same solution right so when you have diverse people that is when the diverse solutions come out right so a simple thing uh, just to uh, bring a thought on um, um, so we know that uh, arjun deals with uh, velvet and uh, with nivaran uh, 90 so uh, janesh a question to you so uh, what from what age uh, do you think uh, nivaran 90 uh, who who can use it um i would say the the adults or a little elderly uh, uh, people is what i would i would think right so arjun what is your thought on that <laughs> this is a reverse interview right now to this is kind of cool. no but uh, my uh, my thoughts are more like facts because the product is an ayurvedic product and therefore it's accessible and supposed to be um, usable by everyone including infants uh, children in fact most children love our product obviously if you give it to children and infants you shouldn't have as much as uh, a regular adults those it should be right yeah. so janesh uh, the how did you assume that it's only for adults um well probably it it would have been uh, that i haven't seen it at uh, at at that many places that i uh, that have a lot of kids and also could have been a little bit about the uh, way it was put out as a as a product lovely i think that yeah. is the exact point i think when nivaran 90 we all think of that male person drinking that cough syrup exactly. that yeah. is that That's image, the image that comes thing. that is what comes to our mind right so uh, whereas arjun's company they've never thought of branding it putting it a small had they put a small baby's picture in yeah. the cover yeah or uh, a younger kid children's infant picture people would have recalled and and the end users get it right yeah. and that is what is i mean these are the biases right how yeah. the bias can take place and why organization how organization can benefit by breaking that bias yeah. very simple example why we should be very very cognizant of it and uh, and how could uh, arjun have overcome this had he had uh, studied uh, the diversity of his market the end users had he been more cognizant of being inclusive saying hey i have not tapped this and when would he have thought one is even had he had employees from diverse groups in his marketing team let's say had he had women someone would have thought hey why didn't you promote this why didn't you put that ad putting a baby's face there right had he thought of that or had his team thought of it so by having diverse employees you can even target your diverse customer you need to study the diversity of your customers uh, and the diversity your employees and and when having diverse employees not just diversity but they should all be working together with harmony without any discrimination they should all be treated together equally that is the inclusion part right so that is how diversity inclusion overcoming bias all these things play a very very crucial role in terms of increasing the profitability the productivity in an organization but can you tell us what from a business owner's perspective right why why is this important for a business owner um i mean sure we touched upon a diverse uh, perspective right now but like why is it important for them to make sure that these guidelines are set within their organization not just from the employees perspective what 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 sort of uh, you know uh, great takeaways apart from uh, you know a, a diversity perspective can we get out of it so uh, brilliant actually so i think it's very very simple uh, uh, water products convert uh, water air from water from the air pure water right 
So uh, I'm assuming that you have uh, products which are there commercial for commercial use, right? Yep. So yep. Uh, when it's installed in public places, in commercial places, your products. So have you ensured that it's accessible for people who are blind? So do you have uh, those uh, uh, the the machines, the the uh, buttons which are uh, braille sensitive, right? Uh, is it accessible to people of different heights, right? So uh, the usage, the readability, the uh, can people illiterate or literate anyone use it? I think all these design elements are very very important. So analyzing your end customers, right? The diversity of end customers that's very important. And uh, who are your salespeople who are pitching? And where are your customers who are sitting? So are your salespeople and the customers? Because like let's say uh, you're uh, selling these products uh, to uh, uh, an uh, African uh, country, right? So do you have uh, salespeople who understand their mindset, right? So no point in having someone here to do that or uh, no point in uh, having someone who does not understand the mindset. You need to hire those kind of people, right? Or simple things like um, uh, a friend of mine who runs this uh, publishing business, he had, uh, well, he was mentioning that uh, they were designing uh, an app for authors and someone from his team came and said that at the time of the launch, she said, hey, uh, I'm a mother and I realized that even my son, is, can uh, he's a prospective author, but I don't think he can use this app. The reason being the age group that he have set is only adults and above. But why can't my son use this? He's 10 years old. He's a, he's a potential author. So that's when they realized, because the mother was there, she was thinking of the son. And because they had a team member, and they could think of capturing the diverse, they missed out an entire customer base. right? So having that diverse employee is very, very crucial. Thinking of all the aspects to your customer base is not just from your employee. Diversity is not just uh, from your employee. Because I can keep on giving you a lot of case scenarios. Uh, another uh, organization uh, where uh, uh, they were into 24 cross 7 call center work, right? And uh, the, they had to uh, cater to uh, the client needs across uh, the things, uh, despite uh, be it Eid or be it Diwali. Uh, so they realized that a majority of the employees were uh, Hindus and uh, uh, during uh, uh, Diwali time, there's a huge uh, lack of employees' resources to handle customer calls. And that is the time when even they were letting, uh, receiving a lot of customer calls. So one simple solution was to hire people from diverse religions. Mm -hmm. right? So that solved their problem. So when having people from diverse religions uh, can solve simple things, it's not, diversity is not just only the gender, having men-women ratio. Uh, it is not, uh, so it's also about uh, region, religion, having people from different cities, wherever your customers are. If you're targeting uh, Andhra as your, or Telangana as your uh, uh, customer base, are you also having local people who understand the local mentality? So you need to hire locally so that you can go and cater to that. Right? That and I'm sure, I'm sure now it's also getting into, you know, trans people, LGBTQ, all these things, right? I mean, uh, I don't know how it much is there in India, but I, probably it should be coming in, right? on gender, uh, men, women, and others is also coming now. And uh, the other is on ageism. So uh, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, the millennials, and their thought process, their thinking is so different. So we can't just cater to things. So both the experiences are very, very important and how all these groups can work together. So that is the ageism part of the generation. People with disabilities is another very, very important. Uh, five to 7% uh, of our population is uh, people with disabilities. How are we engaging them? Lemontry is a beautiful example. Lemontry hotels have beautifully incorporated people with disabilities and they are seeing a huge uh, productivity increase. Their attrition levels have gone down drastically. 
I'm not sure if you noticed their bellboys and their housekeeping mm-hmm. staff are all uh, people uh, who are uh, deaf and dumb. So okay. yes, uh, yes. Yeah. so uh, what they realized is elementary uh, uh, they their uh, housekeeping staff they are fifteen percent more productive as compared to uh, people without disabilities. They're even being people without wow. disabilities, they would take breaks between every room. They'd go and uh, chit chat and uh, gossip and do gupshaps. Whereas uh, people who were uh, uh, with these disabilities of being uh, deaf and dumb, they, didn't do, they just wanted to get on with their work, finish off their this many number of rooms to be done, and they moved on. So their uh, productivity is very high, and they realized that the attrition. They didn't want to jump jobs. They were sticking on. The loyalty was much higher for them. So a uh, beautiful case, and again, customers really loved uh, seeing the brand. It helped their brand as well because customers saw that hey, they were very inclusive, right? So. Uh, and that really helped. So that is on the PWD case scenario. And again, LGBTQ, uh, that's something that's very, very, uh, especially after uh, 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 377 uh, has been legalized, uh, Section 377. So uh, this is something that's coming into thing like, uh, one is, uh, see, LGBT is, uh, again, uh, both gender identity and the sexual orientation comes into this thing. So not a lot of people are very comfortable in opening up what their gender identity is. And when they don't open up what their identity is, they don't bring their entire self. They are like still hiding. They're not hundred percent productive. So organization need to recognize, and that's a talented pool. Why should we discriminate that? Right. So there's nothing wrong. And uh, uh, the, uh, people uh, who are trans, uh, then see they have uh, uh, their strength, physical strength is much higher. So a lot of people have mm-hmm. start uh, utilizing the strengths that they are bringing in. Right. So I think in Chennai, uh, I think one of the beach stations, metro stations. They started hiring completely manned by uh, people from the trans community. So, uh, oh. yes. So, I think governments have also started taking initiatives on that. They've started recognizing them. So, it's, it is really an amazing thing that they're doing. So, uh, LGBT is the other thing. And the, the very common thing, uh, the last one is on the region, religion, uh, the, uh, the your, uh, people from different groups, right? So, I think the demo- demographics, uh, race, caste, all these things, having that, the ethnicity, uh, so that is another big vast uh, category. In the I think country. India has like so many layers on top of it. There, there's so many things that could, uh, you know, interject with each other when it comes to right. yeah, yeah. And, so, and upbringing is so different uh, since we come from vast culture and the traditions that we follow. The thinking and organizations definitely benefit when you have people from uh, people from different people who different states or people from different religion, and then there's a problem that is put in front. The solutions are out of the box. Actually, I mean, it's amazing the kind of solutions that you get. So that is what the organizations benefit and hence a focus on diversity. And if organizations are not catching up on diversity, they are missing out uh, uh, because you have to start thinking who your end customers are. Are you catering to their needs? Your competition will be going uh, way ahead. Uh, diversity is a topic which has been uh, being discussed in US it started with more about this racism and uh, the black and the white, and that's how it started off. And U.S. gender parity still is being discussed there, but they are well advanced. It's slowly India and a lot of corporates are very open to it now, and uh, yes. definitely everyone have to start picking up on this topic. So you started talking about where uh, you started off with sexual harassment at the workplace. Um, I think lots of people are pretty, I think we have started off uh, pretty well in terms of like uh, knowing what sexual harassment is in the past few years, at least at some level. That's what I feel. Uh, I want to ask you in today's situation where everything is virtual, 
um how has this changed um because you have you don't have people around you to sort of you know uh make you feel like you don't want to do anything so so in today's thing where everything is virtual how has it changed do you, do you have you seen a difference so uh definitely i think the physical uh, proximity is not there the contact is not there so uh definitely there is an overall reduction in the number of cases uh that we have started handling but there is an increase in the online space so earlier uh, online from harassment like was uh, probably one uh, in 10 now it is like 9 uh, uh, out of 10 is only online cases <laughs> i mean but but the numbers have come down drastically so it's less than uh, i would say at least uh, reduced by uh, 75% at least the number of cases uh, but still i think we have seen the recent uh, case of school yes. uh, case where i think got uh, uh, someone comes shirtless in a conference call in a video conference call especially with colleagues and there's something that's very common uh, even at work where other things happened or having a background with some uh, dirty mm. images or some clothes hanging i think those are some of the instances where people feel uncomfortable or tweets and uh, uh, texting uh, these are some of the things that people are messaging saying that hey it's been a long time i missed meeting you uh, can we have a video chat late in the night so those kind of cases have increased the only advantage now is that since it's all over technology the evidences are Uh, much stronger much now. Stronger. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Case. So that is the difference that I'm seeing. So how would you look at? Um, it's a very. Uh, it's a topic that I don't think a lot of us talk about. Is if you have a, if you develop a romantic relationship at work, yeah. how do you differentiate? You know, there's a very fine balance and a line because you don't know. There's a lot of things that goes on in your head. One is you're at work. who is this person is he my subordinate is he above me and and how could this work so it's a huge topic i don't think anyone's talking about and i don't i don't know if i if we can even put a pin on it and and speak about yeah yeah so often romance is something very uh, tricky uh, and uh, i usually talk about this three different stages of office romance <laughs> so one is the proposal stage the relationship stage and the breakup stage so uh, proposal stage <laughs> one time proposing is absolutely fine uh repeated proposal like in movies where the hero keeps going and chasing and that's how we get influenced that becomes harassment so even oh. if the other person does not say yes or no uh that is definitely a form of harassment and and i always say that he uh, most of the time it's like the men who go and propose and some basic courtesy for the women don't just stay silent go and tell the person yes or no you don't like say that hey i don't like i'm already engaged i don't waste your time just be open about it so don't make the person uh, lingering there so definitely proposing more than once is a uh, thing and 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 there are some organizing they have their policy saying no proposing also so in that case it becomes a, a first time proposal also becomes harassment uh, during the relationship phase it can be a consensual relationship uh, it's okay we can't do moral policing it can be extramarital or whatever no moral policing allowed so that is again uh, managers there have been managers who come and do moral policing hey how can you have extra money that is wrong on me say people are adults they their individual rights but as a manager you cannot have a relationship with subordinates it's a very clear unwritten rule because it leads to uh, favoritism it can be though it is consensual it can lead to favoritism and it can be a quid pro quo tomorrow if at all uh, the lady comes and says a complaint or subordinate files a complaint on the manager the manager will be fired so will it can be terminated manager can be terminated so that is how it is so 
all that you see uh, chemistries can are bound to happen if a manager falls in love with a subordinate one of them has to just move out of the reporting relationship go to yeah. a different project inform the hr and move out of the re- reporting relationship so that you are not in the same line then continue with your relationship that absolutely fine so that is something during the relationship stage and during the breakup stage the moment someone said no and no is a no so it stops there so don't go wooing the person again and that's definitely becomes harassment so uh, most likely at, at what i my recommendation is at office romances are something best avoided so keep anything outside of a place no pro- as, as professional as possible yeah yeah no display of affection at work uh, so uh, so sometimes managers so even without any uh, relationship also there are cases where uh, managers feel uh, so caring and the same say that hey uh, oh good job and they go hug someone see which be very sensitive about whom you're doing that with right it's a person comfortable or sometimes they go and say as uh, a person who's just joined hey oh you're from bangalore oh you smoke oh you drink uh, oh how many boy oh you already have a boyfriend is it where do you live so these are questions that people end up asking in the beginning itself the first uh, meeting itself which is looking very very sensitive really very sensitive about all these conversation about asking personal questions uh, so uh, that's something beyond a relationship though but um, be very very sensitive mindful is something very important at work nice I want to ask you some uh, some fun questions. I think we touched upon a lot about what you're doing. So, what are some of the uh, these the, some of the questions that we have are very typical. Um, what are some of the uh, bad recommendations or or advices that you've got from people in your profession or your expertise? Um, bad advices. um so i think when i started my entrepreneurial journey i just took a plunge uh, i didn't know anything about it and i probably didn't have any advices either not bad advices but i didn't have any right guidance or right advices so i think i burnt my finger there in terms of uh, uh i didn't know about anything about what is sweat equity or how the share gets split and i was not very conscious about asking for the right numbers i think uh, since i i didn't have a background in uh, management either uh so uh, i think that lack of knowledge uh, or lack of guidance was a big uh, time learning for me so uh, i think uh, that is one thing i would want to uh, uh, as as an entrepreneur because the focus was to get your business on uh, to uh, make money uh, to increase your top line i think that was the thing but as a, what was my takeaway as a person as a uh, my financial takeaway was not something that i focused on and that is a big uh, learning for me uh, for my uh, initial venture wow and uh, i'm sure you'd have had a lot of people helping you and guiding you through this way so can you tell us a little bit about your support system and your mentors and people you know that helped you uh, along this journey and got you here yeah so arjun so you're you're one of my uh, support systems big time support system arjun so you know that so yeah so i think uh, throughout my journey of in the last 8 uh, plus years now i think uh, initially i had started i was part of tai when i was just starting off uh, learning a lot uh, there uh, from uh, the experts who there there were a lot of mentors so that kind of helped me with starting my journey and uh, then being part of a lot of uh, since mine is mahesha space uh, so i am an active member of uh, uh, nascom nshrd and i think there again meeting like minded people what your end customers want or what uh, again that those kind of networks is always help 
and definitely each and everyone should have a go to mentor uh, who i think i i've been blessed uh, with that so i've had praveen uh, shekhar as my mentor who's a serial entrepreneur and he's been there he was one of the inspiration for me to get on to this journey as well and he's been there i know that uh, he is there to protect my back uh, when i go wrong and i can run to him any time that i want any help and i think each and every one should have a strong mentor whom they can uh, rely on and and the mentor is that uh, should be that mom person uh, like a mom they should be able to give all uh, to your mentees i think uh, that is something that i've been lucky enough uh, to get that kind of guidance uh that's something that we definitely recommended for each and every one that is where you break your biases when you start having those thing when you yeah. learn the mindset so yeah. it was in the recent uh, thing uh, with this uh, school incident that was happening in yeah. chennai so i was having this conversation uh, with one of the ceos and the ceo says okay uh, all these uh, uh, posh and uh, ceo of a multinational company trust me a small company though uh, uh, he said that is the reason i don't want to have any women in my office i don't want to hire diversity and inclusion and all those things but uh, what is the false complaint we men are not protected uh, so that is the angle from the ceo's perspective imagine a ceo well educated and on the other hand i have a conversation with uh, again a, a school principal again a well educated school principal a very reputed institution the principal comes to me and says that i don't want to hire any male teachers because they are the perpetrators let me not hire male teachers right again to educated people to contrasting opinions i'm like if i i have so many male teachers who i just adore for the quality of teach education that they have given me right how can we be without male teachers right again there's a discrimination where you're saying that hey women have to do only nursing women have to be only teachers you cannot uh, put them in those uh, brackets correct yeah. so i uh, think a lot of open conversations are still required so i'm glad you're doing this uh, janesh uh, arjun thank you for pulling me in yeah so Oh, for sure. I think this has been. I mean, every time it's an eye-opening conversation, right? Because we enter this saying that I know so many things, and you're so biased because of that. You to break that each time, you know, becomes uh, a new journey in itself altogether. And um, we're super glad to have you, Vidya. And I think every time we have these conversations, it always snowballs into wait. I didn't know that was also happening. Or this is another thing that we probably we should keep in mind of. I mean, it's quite appalling to hear, you know, when educated people are the ones who have such um, uh, what do you say uh, biases and prejudices, and just to make life easier for themselves and things. So, if there's anything you'd like to add, Vijay, please. Um, we I didn't touch upon two things. You know, I think I'd be happy. Uh, so, I can be reached on uh, the Twitter space or Vijay at Vijay Hari. Uh, so, in case of any uh, consultation or anything on the on how to make your uh, organization a bit more diverse and how you can benefit, I'll be happy to have a thirty-minute conversation and give you those ideas. I think that is something. Uh, it's 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 virtual learning also for me as to uh, how I can add value in your organization or how your organization can enhance itself. So, happy to have those conversations uh, with anyone uh, that to spare the time. For sure. Uh, one last conversation, you know, question I need to ask you, Jay, and I think it's a three-part question. Okay, how should um, how should how should this concept be uh, looked at from a specific to a girl, a boy, and a parent? How these three things translate to these three different? Just from a personal example, uh, when growing up, I would just be like, you know, things are okay around me. If if something happened to me, I would talk and I would you know go and say, and I assume that's how it is for a girl, like, but. I understood along the way that it's not the same thing. In fact, 
recently when these things came up a very close friend of mine said that people who uh, sort of silenced her in the past saying why are you seeking attention things like that those people are coming out saying oh this is they they you know saying this is not right and this is all that but they have themselves silenced someone in the past so it's all these biases and things that come in play people don't know what they're saying they just so effective to whatever situation that is right yeah. so what are the things we should be aware of as parents as a, as a young boy growing up as a young girl growing up and all these things yeah i think one is uh, as a girl uh, uh, or a woman uh, be it in school or college i think one thing that i've realized is um it is only a person who is very weak who becomes a target there's also a lot of power plays not studies have shown that it is not uh, the predators are not there uh, with the intention of sexually harassing someone but it is also about displaying the power so I always have this example uh, 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 an an eagle goes and always attacks a weak mouse right but the same time when the mouse starts roaring like a lion the eagle will not be able to come and attack right so that is an example that i always give saying that hey as women as young girls i think uh, do not be that weak do not uh, be silent speak up see you don't have to always shout or anything like even give a stern stare what are you doing it right mm. so i think that thing or do that body language hey, what are you doing where are you looking at has something fallen here so where are you looking at my eyes and talk small subtle thing being that strong person people the predator knows that they cannot mess up with it they look for uh, weak uh, uh, targets which are also called as good targets uh, so they don't mess up with strong targets strong targets people speak up against bad targets and that's very very important so you're not always going and complaining or anything but you have to stand up for yourself that is a very very important message that i talk to girls and women and uh, boys again know the uh line know the thin line what is right what is wrong so very very important uh to know the difference i think education and sensitization is definitely important there uh and uh, the other thing is uh, uh for parents a lot of parents also talk to me saying that he i know this happened to my daughter uh but i don't want to tell what the society think or uh, what if something happens to me lately that happens to my daughter later when she's walking in the street what is the perpetrator See, the thing is a lot of parents are still scared it's a taboo topic right uh, but uh, one thing that we all should remember is the perpetrator they don't stop with one victim they keep getting the joy of doing this to multiple victims so if one victim doesn't speak it empowers the predator right so they go and repeat it again and again so if one parent opens up uh, like in the case of uh, this vairamuthu's case right when one person chinmay opened up there were 17 other women who said he this happened he is done with me also correct that is when people had the courage to speak up correct so whether you have evidence or evidence plays a very crucial role in closing a case but whether you have it or not open up and say it is important to voice up there can be repercussions i think chinmay is going through a lot of repercussions there but i think it's important that she voiced out she set an example that it is important to speak up so uh, speaking up and opening up and sharing confidentiality clauses and all are there police are very supportive there are different help groups that help them help uh, parents out poxo act is very very uh, strict it's very detailed and there's so much work going on it's just important that parents have to speak up women have to have uh, stand up for themselves some form of defense mechanism be it uh, verbal or non verbal gesture play a very crucial role uh, i think that's all the time we have today thank you so much for joining us janish it's been an incredible uh, episode of uh, the 30 minutes hustle again 
so glad to be here and i think it's quite a relevant topic we hope you know this keeps going on we hope we have you again as a guest sometime soon maybe definitely definitely very happy thank you thank you so much i hope uh, i added some value to your audience thank you for listening to the 30 minute hustle podcast you can follow us on instagram for all our latest updates until next time signing off this is pranab and my co-host janish <laughs>